Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Hey, welcome everybody. All right, today we're going to be talking about after the abortion. I know this is a tough topic for a lot of people. Um, I'm not going to go get political on this, and I'm not going to get into the deep religiosity of this issue, but I do want to just talk about it because from a mental health perspective, abortion can play a heavy toll on both uh, men and women. You know, they they emotionally, uh, uh, the affect is different uh, with everyone. Some women, uh, when they get an abortion, they report a sense of relief after having the abortion. And the, and the reasons for the relief also vary from women to women. You know, uh, emotional and psychological effects following an abortion are more common than actually the physical side effects. And it can range from, from mild regret to more serious complications such as depression. And the emotional side effects of having an abortion are just as real as the physical. Uh, abortion is the medical or surgical termination of a pregnancy. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's like one of the oldest, most common, most controversial medical procedures there are. And there's numerous reasons for a woman to seek that. And, and about one in four women in the United States will have an abortion before 45. You know, in the years since uh, abortion became legal in the United States, and that was a Supreme Court ruling in 1973 called Roe v. Wade, there has been enormous patches of debate regarding the impact of abortion on women's mental health. And so research has shown that having an abortion does not increase a woman's risk for depression, anxiety, or post-traumatic stress disorder, but a review of the scientific literature conducted uh, by uh, at least the uh, American Psychological Association, which did this back in like, I think it was like 2008, that there is a relative risk of mental health problems, uh, especially following the single first trimester abortion. Uh, you know, there, there, if it goes on into the pregnancy, the longer it goes, the more likely there's going to be a predisposition of a mental health issue that's going to take place. So what are just the, the grimy types of abortion? In the United States, the vast majority of pregnancies are performed in the first, or excuse me, uh, 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 the vast majority of the abortions are performed in the first trimester of pregnancy. Uh, about two-thirds performed at eight weeks of pregnancy or earlier, and 89% were performed within 13 weeks. So first trimester abortions uh, are usually conducted by doing a couple of methods. There's the um, surgical abortion, which is called vacuum aspiration. And then there is also called the medical abortion or abortion with pills, and that's uh, once again called a medical abortion. So in the, in the vacuum type, the suction is used to remove the pregnancy. And in a medical abortion, the pregnancy is interrupted, expelled over the course of a few days using medication. So about uh, 
7%, only 7% of the abortions were performed at 14 to 20 weeks gestation. So that's a late period abortion. And actually 1.2%, and this is according to the CDC, is performed after 21 weeks. So, you know, most second trimester abortions are done by dilation and evacuation. It's called DNE. And that involves dilation, uh, a, a dilation of the cervix and the use of instruments and suction. So, you know, alternatively, women who are more than 20 weeks pregnant may have the option for induction abortion using medications uh, that cause pregnancy. And that's especially out in Europe. Uh, that's that's something that they do do out in Europe and in the UK. And also uh, women have later abortions for a number of reasons. Uh, usually it's not knowing of the pregnancy or how long and far it is, how long it is. And also there's a difficulty raising money for an early abortion. Uh, indecision about how to handle an unplanned pregnancy. There's tons of people out there in this world that are just plain old indecisive. And so they debate and debate and debate. Health problems that develop or worsen during pregnancy and or you know, there's also the serious impairments that the fetus is uh, uh, has some kind of a, a problem and that's detected. So you know, the cost alone of an abortion rises, uh, especially if you move into the second trimester. Uh, in addition, those type of abortions require more time off from work or school and may require longer travel distances to find a provider. You know, about 58% uh, of women who had a later abortion would have liked to have had the abortion earlier. And nearly 60% of women who experienced a delay in obtaining abortion cite the time it took to make the arrangements and actually make the money to get it done. You know, all the, all the uh, health risk of abortions increase with gestational age of the pregnancy. So, And that also raises the complication rates. Even though they're still low, it does raise that. And so, you know, if you just look at the scientific evidence, women who are denied an abortion are more likely to initially experience higher levels of anxiety, lower life satisfaction, lower self-esteem compared to women who receive an abortion. And so those states that don't allow abortion uh, are, are going to find themselves shutting the door on a lot of people and creating a, a sense that they're trapped in their life. Also, unwanted pregnancy has also been associated with deficits in the uh, subsequent, the next child's uh, cognition, which is their thought process, their emotional, and their social processes. So these children are more likely to experience negative long-term outcomes in adulthood, and that's the kids that follow after an abortion, and, and such as uh, engaging in criminal behavior, dependency on public assistance, or having a stable marriage, or uh, an addiction. So the number of unsafe abortions is likely to increase when policies limit access to reproductive care. So, you know, uh, the World Health Organization and the Gut Macher Institute, uh, which is a, an institute that studies abortion, uh, found that the vast majority of abortions are safe in countries where abortion is broadly legal, while most are unsafe in countries where it's highly restricted. So there's a strong relationship between unwanted pregnancy and interpersonal violence. Specifically, the inability to obtain an abortion may force women to stay in contact with violent partners, putting them and their children at risk. So access to safe and legal abortion 
can be a central idea to attaining uh, social equality for women. So laws restricting access to safe legal abortion can be particularly harmful to low-income women, uh, women of color, uh, sexual and gender minorities, as well as those who live in rural or medically unserved areas. So, you know, a woman's ability to control when and if she has a child is frequently linked to her socioeconomic standing and earning power. And this is all statistically research has been conducted. This is probably one of the most researched topics there are in the world is abortion because of its political uh, environment that it invites. You know, experiencing these unwanted pregnancies, it can be strongly associated with poor mental health uh, later in life. If you uh, look at teens, a study found by the um, Journal of Youth and Adolescence, that adolescence girls who abort unintended pregnancies are five times more likely to seek subsequent help for psychological and emotional problems compared to their peers who carry unwanted pregnancies to terms. So adolescence, and once, I, once again, I'm, I'm putting both sides out here because I'm not going to try to take a side here. I just want to put the evidence out there so people will really get a good understanding of abortion and the, 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 the after effects of an abortion. Adolescents who had abortions were over three times more likely to report trouble sleeping, nine times more likely to report marijuana use or other drug use. Uh, prior mental health history and family factors might also influence that health risk. You know, that, that may be a, one of the reasons why they're getting abortion is because they lack the judgment due to some type of disorder that is pervasive in their life and has, has kind of taken over their personality. Um, you know, uh, th 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 there's a lot of federally funded longitudinal studies on adolescents uh, throughout the United States who participated in several interviews. A lot of this was done in the mid-90s. But about 76% of the girls who had abortions and 80% of the girls who gave birth between ages of 15 and 19 during the survey uh, were the vast majority of the people uh, who actually got abortions. So it's important to study the wantedness of a, of a baby uh, in a, an unexpected birth you know, or an unexpected pregnancy. So there's, uh, over the last several years, there's been thousands of studies that have conclusively linked higher rates of mental illness and behavior problems associated with, uh, with abortion compared to childbirth. But abortion advocates have generally dismissed the findings, and they, they usually insist that while women who abort may fare worse than women who give birth, they may fare better to the important subgroup of women who carry unintended pregnancies to term. So what they're saying is their quality of life is not going to be as, as detrimentally affected if they get an abortion. You know, a quarter of abortions that take place each year are with girls that are younger than 20 years old. And so over the last, you know, the, the, according to the, uh, the that that uh, Institute, previous studies have found that younger abortion patients may be more likely to experience difficulties coping with the abortion compared to older women. And and that is that is the essence of of what we we really need to think about is how well is a person, and that should be a huge factor, how mature is that person that is debating an abortion and how deliberate is their planning 
and the idea of, of evaluating whether or not to get an abortion because developmentally they may not have the emotional faculty to handle it after they get it. And so that's something that always has to be considered is the woman who's actually having the abortion rather than the trauma of having a, a, an unwanted child or an unwanted baby or, uh, you know, it's it's just – it's that – that's a life. And, and it, whether it is alive in people's political terms or not, it's still a life that's coming or a life that is possibly developing. Um, you know, there's, there's so much. Uh, other, there's another study that found about 64% of American women reported they felt pressured into abortions. For teens, the pressure probably comes from the fact that they're more likely to be perceived as as unready to be parents and that abortion is often seen uh, by those around them as the best solution. So women, when women feel forced into abortion by others or by life circumstances, negative post-abortion outcomes be become very common. Adolescents are generally much less prepared to assume the responsibility of parenthood and they are therefore the recipients of pressure to abort. And that pressure may be even more intense for teens who are victims of sexual abuse. You know, a, a situation made even more disturbing when abortion businesses carry out the abortion without taking questions or even asking to cover up the abuse. And so, you know, while having a child as a team may be problematic, the risks of terminating seem to be more pronounced. So if you look at other studies, teens are about six times more likely to attend. And these are psychological studies. Um, teens are six times more likely to attempt suicide if they've had an abortion in the last six months than are teens who have not had an abortion. Teens who abort are up to four times more likely to commit suicide than adults who abort, and a history of abortion is likely to be associated with adolescent suicidal thinking. Also, teenage who, teenagers who abort are more likely to develop psychological problems and are nearly three times more likely to be admitted to mental health hospitals than teens in general. So teens who abort are twice as likely as their peers to abuse alcohol, marijuana, cocaine, and teens who uh, are more likely to abort because of the pressure from their parents or the partner more likely to, re the, the, to report being misinformed and pre-abortion counseling and more likely to have greater uh, difficulty coping after the, the abortion because they don't really know how they, – they didn't feel they made the choice on their own. So, you know, uh, uh, if you just look at clinical depression, anxiety, and substance abuse, there's a very, very strong tie – uh, to the idea that someone, a woman, may have had an abortion in their life. And by the way, the impact on men is is strong, too. I mean, there's not a whole lot of evidence on the reactions that men have and how they fall after a divorce or after a, 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 an abortion. But the fact is that men get impacted also. Some men are happy, just like some women are happy that it's taken place, and other men are uh, uh feel like this is something that's going to uh, catch up with them when they pass, uh, where they're going to have to own up to some of their mistakes and their 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 uh, lack of, of covering up their, their penis. You know, th th it's a shame, but, you know, people can prevent abortion so fast and so easy, but so many people, especially young people, are, are so impulsive. They can't even take a half a second to put, a, 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 you know, a rubber on or 
take take a pill if they know they're going to be sexually active or, or the male to to pull out at least you know in advance at least uh, in advance it's just crazy that people will make these huge life choices when their life is not set up to be a parent and by the way there are so many people out there that are incapable of being good parents and that's the sad truth and there's breeding stock and then there's regular people and there's a lot of breeding stock out there where they don't have the will, desire, the love, the compassion, the empathy to, to raise a child and to tune into them and, and meet their needs. And that, that's just the truth. And it's sad, but look at foster care and, 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 and adoption and you find yourself understanding there's people that just don't have the capacity to follow through with their commitments. You know, there's a... Um, uh, 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 another study that was conducted in New Zealand, and uh, they reported that there's no evidence in this research that would suggest that unwanted pregnancies that come to term were associated with increased risks of mental health problems or that abortion mitigated the risk of mental health issues in women having an unwanted pregnancy. So, you know, there's, there's evidence from one side and there's evidence from both sides, and it's strong and it's compelling. But what we have to look at is how does it really affect the individual? And that is what this show's about. And this is the evaluation process that we're going to go into next where we're, we're, we're asking ourselves questions after a pregnancy. What do we want to do with it? And by the way, people don't uh, that are, are uh, single aren't the only people that get abortions. There's many people that are married or in relationships that have an abortion uh, due to the fact that maybe they have too many kids already or they don't have the resources or the money, they don't have the capacity, maybe they've had some chronic illness in their life or something. There's millions of reasons that people seek a, a, an abortion. And so we're going to go a little bit deeper into it, how to evaluate it, how to process it, how to support someone, and, and how they can take care of themselves. So come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about um, after an abortion. And, you know, it's such a challenging topic uh, for, for women, especially, and men. But, you know, the good news is, statistically, abortion is... Uh, is is out there there's a lot of it but it's it's coming down and so people are starting to become a little bit more responsible um after what's called the sexual revolution you know if 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 an abortion is something that a person is thinking about there's several questions that that they should ask themselves and and asking these questions really allows them to step out of the immediate moment and consider the long-term effects an abortion would have on their life as well as the possible ramifications of a procedure like that medically, just that alone. You know, so, so you know, the good question to ask, number one, if, if you're considering an abortion, is what are my options? There are more options than you think. You can choose to parent. You can choose to adopt or have an abortion. Uh, whatever you're currently considering, it's important to be knowledgeable on the ramifications of your decision. You know, for example, if you decide to have an abortion, there are several different procedures, there's several different side effects, and there's also several uh, potential injuries that can be involved. There's also other important details to, to consider, uh, like when your last period was, or where the, the procedure can be performed, or how much the different uh, types of abortion or procedures can cost. So, you know, the, the you know, Patient advocates can also uh, provide you with the information you need to reach the best decision for you if they are an advocate that is uh, neutral. And there is a lot of clinics, and this is probably the biggest beef uh, uh, politically, is there's tons of clinics that are that are uh, motivated by their politics or motivated by their religion. And so the counseling that people can get in an abortion clinic can actually be fairly warped based on the position that that clinic takes. And so what I would uh, suggest is finding someone that you can trust, that you can process with, whether they're a professional or not a professional, but confide in someone, and I would say a professional would be better, and let that person assist you, whether that comes from your religious background or that comes from a professional therapist or a psychologist. These are things that you want to explore, especially with confidentiality that's offered to you in a therapeutic environment where nothing leaves the office. You know, uh, you also, if, you, if you're an emotional person, and, and if you go through a lot of emotional process that, that stymies your life and affects your life, you know, you want to ask yourself, how will an abortion affect me emotionally? You know, because by far, you're going to have a, a likely sense if you've already got depression, if you've already got insomnia, if you already live in guilt, 
there, there's going to be a, a, an exacerbation of those issues following an abortion, whether it happens for your lifetime, whether it happens just for a, a week, a month, a day, several months. It, it's, it's irrelevant, but it's the more pervasive if you have anxiety, depression, you know, you're going to have likely some emotional side effects for your lifetime, if not for the short term. So, you know, you don't want to make a decision about an abortion through emotion. You want to make a decision about a more, uh, an abortion based more on your logic. And your logic is what you will be able to fall back on to help you understand if this is right for your life. You know, uh, the, the other big question you ask yourself is how far along am I? Not knowing how far along you are can make the situation really risky. You know, fortunately, there are no cost services available to give you a precise estimate. There's clinics out there sponsored by counties, sponsored by states, sponsored by the federal government that you can go to those clinics and find out, am I pregnant? Straight up, no money. And and so, you know... There is also the confidential locations where there are counselors, abortion people who counsel people for abortion, who can do both the psychological tests, there's the ultrasounds, uh, and then do the counseling. And so that's a good thing. And, and that's that can be helpful for you to process what in the world, because receiving news that you're pregnant can very well be like receiving news that you just got cancer or, or uh, something like that. And I'm not saying I'm not comparing them to to each other because they're they're not even close. But but the bottom line is big news. It's big information. And, and it's a challenge to swallow that information, you know. Looking at how far along am I, this gives you a better understanding of your options, you know, as they vary depending on how long you are in your pregnancy. So, you, you want to be aware if you choose to have an abortion, your pregnancy must be confirmed with an ultrasound before you can have the procedure. So, the stage of pregnancy also determines what kind of procedure you will receive. So, that ultrasound is really important. And also, is an abortion a safe procedure? Well, the safety of abortion varies greatly depending on where it's performed. And, you know, quite frankly, uh, 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 sadly, people were using uh, curtain hangers uh, way back in the 20s, 30s, 40s, maybe even later, maybe even now, uh, to, to create an abortion because they didn't have a clinic available or they didn't have the resources available. So the safety of abortions is based on the quality of the doctor, the type of procedure, how far along the pregnancy is. And so, you know, no matter the circumstance, physical complications such as hemorrhages, infections, all those other things can occur. You don't know always what's going on down there. And there may be other complications that are involved in it besides just getting an abortion. You know, it's always assumed that a person is healthy uh, when they're getting an abortion and that that's the only issue. Well, it may turn out there's blood clots or other things that are going on down there that can cause a lot of problems for a woman. And so, usually the later the pregnancy, the more dangerous it can be. So, even the safest clinic is not going to be able to guarantee you uh, uh, any outcome because if you're in a late-term abortion, that can be a, just wrecking ball on your body. And, and that's the other thing. Many women think they're just going to go back to their, their, their spelt figure that they had before after an abortion. Well, no, the body still thinks it's pregnant. 
And so the body continues to process those chemicals that cause you to not necessarily grow any greater, but you're not necessarily going to get any skinnier because what's happening is the body, the brain has told the body, we are preparing for a baby, we're preparing for two. So the appetite, the sense of, of what tastes good and what doesn't, all that stays with you throughout the pregnancy no ma- and after no matter what you do with an abortion. So chemically, we're still in that mindset and that that has a huge uh, effect on a, a woman's self-esteem, not only having the abortion, but also the, the wrecking ball on their body. And then the after effect of having to deal with uh, trying to work themselves through the process of getting better. You know, fortunately, things like exercise provide enormous amounts of mental health to people and can provide at least an environment for a woman or a man to process uh, what has just taken place in their life if they had an abortion. So not only can they get themselves back into some somewhat of what they used to be, but what they also can do is get their mental health in place. And that's doing a lot of cardio, lots of cardio daily. You know, uh, looking at the safety of the procedure, you know, the, the more procedures can increase the risk of uh, 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 adverse effects. So women who choose to have an abortion late in their pregnancy usually have to go through more intense surgical procedures where potential consequences are a whole lot more serious, such as the loss of a person's life. You know, uh, uh, um, abortion brings with it a huge potential for several long-term things, uh, risks, uh, medical. There's tubal pregnancies. There's... uh, Placentia previa, before the placentas, miscarriage, decreased maternal bonding, possible increased risk of breast cancer, infection, severe bleeding, cramping, and then the emotional distress of depression, guilt, and anxiety. So, you know, here's the deal. Get tested. Whether you're pregnant or not, you need to know. And this isn't a decision that can be put on hold. Make it a priority to find out. Do a test as soon as you can. If you're able to do a test from the first day of a missed period, if you're unsure of what your next period is due, you can do the test at least three weeks, 21 days after you had an unprotected sex. So you can buy your own test. You can test at a pharmacy. They sell them at the pharmacies. Your uh, um, urine tests are, are usually indecisive. It's possible to have a blood test, but the blood test is more sensitive than the urine test uh, if you do it yourself. So it's more sensitive because less of the pregnancy hormone, which is a human uh, caloric uh, HCG is what it's called. I don't know what the medical term is, but it needs to be present for the test to give you an answer. So things to do. If you accept the condition, that is the big thing. Accepting the condition that you are pregnant. So you're pregnant, you know, if you can make peace with that, you also need to realize that you're not alone. It's just the reality. And there's millions of women all over the world struggling with the idea of their pregnancy. So believe it or not, over half of the pregnancies that happen in the United States each year, that's just the United States, are unplanned. So, you know, though it isn't easy You need to try and have the right attitude from the onset. Don't look at who's to blame. Don't berate yourself. You need to harness the power of positive thinking, though it may seem like it is the most difficult thing in the world to do right now. But if you look at so many authors, 
you know, how can I comfort myself is a big, big question. And basically, you need to be asking the questions that help you find the solution you need to move forward. So it's critical to give yourself time in order to make your decision. But remember, you don't have an abundance of time. So the quicker you can make your decision, the better. And it's, you know, it's now that you have to think about the three options available. And that's that's just straight up pregnancy, abortion or adoption. All of them come with various conditions and various ways to achieve those goals. And so that is something that a person really, really, if they're pregnant, if a woman's pregnant she and she's considering an abortion, she may want to consider. You know, you need to consider your life right now. What is the most important to you? In your future, where do you see yourself? How would you... How would your life now and your future life be affected if you chose to keep, abort, or have a baby adopted? Whether, whether you decide it needs to be right for you. So, so talk to the father. Talk to your friends. Talk to your family. Talk to your doctor. Call a helpline. Reach out to other women online. Get opinions, thoughts, suggestions. Get a therapist. Uh, get a psychologist. When reaching out for support, always remember, this is my choice to make ultimately and that is just the fact. You do not allow other people to make this choice for you. This is too important. This is something that any person that's pregnant needs to make that decision for themselves, considering their life circumstances as it is. And, you know, um, my grandmother always said such a beautiful thing is you have to give to yourself before you can give to others. And if having a baby does not allow you to give to yourself in order to have a life that's bigger than you, you need to consider that. And so that's just the facts. You know, um, the medica- a medication abortion, for instance, uh, and I want to talk to, to you about uh, the uh, basics of an abortion. We talked just earlier about how it goes, but the medication abortion works by taking two different pills. The, the first pill to take is called mifepristone, and the medication works by blocking the hormone progesterone. So without this hormone, the lining of the uterus breaks down and the pregnancy is unable to continue. So the pill is followed by a medicine called misoprostol, which makes the womb contract. And it causes cramping and bleeding similar to a miscarriage. The aspiration, which is the the sucking out of the baby or of of the fetus, takes place at at a clinic. So there's two different types of surgery. The first is vacuum or suction aspiration, which involves inserting a tube into the womb and removing the pregnancy using suction. And the second is a dilation or an evacuation, which involves inserting forceps into the womb to remove the pregnancy. So it's important that you educate yourself on the pes- those side effects that, they, that any of those procedures may have on you, as well as the emotional risk. So remember that side effects vary from one person to another. So one woman to another. So common uh, to experience following effects after abortion, at least two to four weeks, is abdominal pain and cramping, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, headaches, spotting and bleeding, as with any medical procedure that would be happening uh, um, in the vaginal area. So infection of the womb is also fairly uh, common risk and uh, uh, some of the pregnancy remaining in the the stomach or uh, in the body and excessive bleeding. 
So, you know, looking at that side of it, that is something that a person wants to consider. But there's always going to be cases where women accept the experience of abortion and don't see it as an emotionally difficult part of their life. So they may feel a great sense of relief once the abortion's been performed and feeling like they can move on. You know, everyone is wired differently. So this isn't something to be ashamed of or scared of. However, the sooner you do have the procedure performed, the less time there is to develop an attachment. So lessening that lessens your chance of fostering emotional issues surrounding the abortion. So nobody can tell you how you're supposed to feel about the situation. Um, All they can do is indicate what others have felt and what people commonly feel. So you feel what you feel, and that's the end of it. Dealing with an abortion and being able to move forward with life is acceptable and nothing to be bitter about. But if you, by chance, don't experience emotional difficulties, this does not mean that you would be a bad mother in the future. You know, you may be worrying about right now how your chances of getting pregnant in the future are affected by having an abortion. Well, you may be thinking, will I be fertile? Will it sabotage my future as a mother? Will it be right with God? Is God going to create something uh, horrible out of my other children? You know, it's completely normal and okay to be worried about stuff like this, but having an abortion Using either method is very unlikely to affect your chances of becoming pregnant again. There is, however, a small risk to your fertility if you develop a womb infection, and it isn't treated quickly. So having several abortions has been associated with premature birth. And so your health care provider, whoever your doctor's is, would talk to you through the risks uh, before administrating medication or performing that kind of surgery if they do that kind of work. You know, uh, having an abortion does not make you a bad person. There, there is no reason for you to be ashamed, despite what you may be thinking. You're not alone. There's millions and millions and millions of women out there. And we're going to talk about the, the just coming from a spiritual perspective later on in the show and how to view this from a, a spiritual perspective. And it's not easy because the fact is that, that there's a lot of religious process out there, a lot of writing, no matter what religion you are, that... Uh, says it's not not uh, godly to to have an abortion it's a sin and all that kind of stuff and there's others ways to look at it if you look through the Bible so you know the deal is is that um, your if you look at the whole picture of having an abortion you just coming from a, a, a psychological perspective did you have a bad intention did you have a bad intention? Is the abortion with a bad intention? And that is where your heart needs to process. What and how did I make the decision to get the, the what's the process, what is that how, what are the conditions of my life currently that brought the process of having to go through an abortion? That's called the land of forgiveness. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about this process once again. Uh, I'm trying to give you as much information as I can, and I'm going to talk to you about how to support someone that is about to or has had an abortion. So come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. 
Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about after the abortion. Now, if you feel that you're weighed down with the pressure of the decision, you really need to do what your instincts tell you not to do. And that's to talk, to share, to be open with what you're dealing with. And help will come to you in droves. You probably won't even need to get out of your your pajamas to get some honest, good advice. Not you know, not alone is an excellent go-to website offering women a platform to share their stories of abortion. So be it you know your partner, your mom, friend that you made on Facebook who's always knows the right thing to say, a forum or the website, especially the one I mentioned before, which is go to. uh, not alone, which is a go-to website for for people that are uh, debating an abortion. Don't be afraid to reach out. Uh, you know, it may be challenging. It may be hard to believe right now, but sharing how you're feeling really will empower you. So don't isolate yourself during the time that you have to make that decision. You might be confused. You might be scared. You might be angry. You know, make it really tempting to just curl up in a ball and ignore what's going on, ignore phone calls, text messages, knocks on the door. But what you need to know now, and and it is that the isolating yourself can put you in a risk uh, emotionally. So sitting alone with your thoughts can't 
let them spiral out. Of, you're going to go spiral out of control if you do it all by yourself. It has a huge negative impact on your decision-making abilities. Though it se- may seem difficult, it's really vital that you are able to maintain a level head and get support from others that can help you achieve it. So to be able to make a decision that's right for you is the goal. Surround yourself with those you trust, love, and can count on and I promise you, they will begin to help you process. Many of them are going to have a point of view, but you have to remember, this is your decision and not theirs. And don't have anyone make that decision for you. Whether decision you decide to make, you must know it is your decision. Some people may, that's where you're going to have the mental side effects, you know, people will go to great lengths to influence your decision. And it's important to understand and accept it's not right. So make sure that you're 100% confident with your choice before going through it. And that's why um, if, if you do get into counseling before you get the divorce, just, to, just for abortion counseling, you do want to make sure that that person doesn't have an opinion, that they're help, there to help you process. Make sure that if you talk to somebody you love and trust, that you just want them to help you process. You know, if you make a decision when you're under pressure, there's huge chances of suffering mental and emotional difficulties. No matter what, this is your body, this is your life, and this is your choice to make. Your body is powerful. It knows how much better, you much better than you think, and it knows what's good for you and what won't work. So trusting your gut instinct is often a really good strategy when dealing with an issue as mammoth as an abortion. You will know deep down if you if, if now really is the time to bring a kid into the world or if you should wait. You know, you often feel like, you know, if you feel uh, something, if you're not a religious person, if you often feel something, a sense of unease or rightness below your solar plex, below your, your sternum, that gives you a clue about what you should or shouldn't do. So sit back and let your body do some talking to you. Listen and hear what it has to say. You know, it could, it could play an extremely valuable part in the decision that you choose to make. And if you're spiritual, pray until you feel you have heard God's voice. If you have an abortion, it doesn't mean that you will never be a mother. And, and it means that you, you may not be in the moment, you know, but that's okay. There might be experiences that you want to have in your life which aren't possible when you have to care for a baby. And that is very consuming. You don't need to feel guilty. You don't need to feel like you're a terrible person. You don't need to feel that you're any less of a woman because you decided that now wasn't the time. This is your life. You write the chapters of your story. If you're a spiritual person, the choice is between you and God. Research from your faith's perspective and from your perspective and make your own choice. And what I'm saying is not faith's perspective. I'm not talking about religious doctrine like is dictated by certain churches, but I'm talking about your perspective on God and your relationship with God. You should never make a choice like this hiding behind a doctrine. Doctrine is created by man and religious institutions to assert their value systems on people who follow them, not God. Look at what Jesus did. He fought doctrine for all of us who believe to have an individual and a personal relationship with God. That's what he wanted us to have, not all the things that the Pharisees created. You know, forgiveness comes through intentions, as I said before, and being examined 
and 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 not results being hammered on. So if people in your life are going to go, oh, you had an abortion, oh, you had an abortion, and they just play, they go go on that, and they don't ask you what or how did you make the decision to did an abortion, then they don't respect you whatsoever, and they should play no role in your life. Judgmental people are not needed for someone who's going through an abortion. So what you do is when you support, when a person isn't ready for a baby or doesn't want to have one. You know, this unexpected uh, pregnancy can be devastating. So odds are that somebody you know will experience a surprise pregnancy at some point, which is uh, about 45% of all pregnancies in the United States are unintended. And that's back in uh, 2011. And uh, and uh, the, the statistics stay about the same. So if a friend of yours is pregnant and has decided to get an abortion or is leaning heavily toward one, you probably want to know how to best be there for them. So fortunately, there's a lot of ways you can help them. You know, uh, first, don't be judgmental. Hold all your assumptions. This is the most important thing to keep in mind once your friend reveals their pregnancy news. You might think your friend wants an abortion or to carry the pregnancy to term, but you can't actually know how they're feeling or anything else about the situation until they tell you for sure. So instead of uh, reacting with something like congratulations or I'm sorry, respond with judgment-free inquiry to get a sense of where your friend's head is. And that is the most important thing that you could do as a person receiving news from a friend. So what you want to ask them is a very simple question. How are you feeling about this? Very simple. Very simple. How are you feeling about this? That's about the most supportive question you could ask. You know, if your beliefs will make it hard for you to be there for your friend, explain that in the most loving way you can. Maybe if you become expected un- uh, unexpectedly, you would never get an abortion. But, you know, doing what's right for you is always the valid choice. But it doesn't have to be bearing on what's right for some other person. So what does uh, being a good friend look like if you're against a friend's abortion? Well, if you're able to offer specific kinds of support without judgment, do that. For instance, perhaps you're willing to listen to your friend without trying to sway them. But you can't accompany them to or, or from the procedure. So if you can't it all be partial, it's okay to just say as much for the sake of your friendship. I can't be pro- I can't be partial on this topic because of my beliefs um, and and because of my thought process, because of my politics, whatever it is. Although you respect your 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 bodily autonomy, you can't talk about it with them because it would probably be, uh, cause you both a lot of distress because you're not on the same page on that topic. You know, and and reinforce that this is their choice and their choice alone. So your friend may ask you for advice, but that could be an incredibly tricky situation. So the decision is a very personal one, and it should be made carefully by them. And uh, your goal is not to convince them one way or the other. The biggest deal, especially with women, is to allow them to process just allow them to process, and that means you validate. I understand. I hear what you're saying. So what you're telling me is that that's more valuable than offering your your uh, uh, un, you know uh, your your uh, position. Nobody cares about your position. What they what they care more about is can you be an ear? And and listening doesn't mean you have to agree. I understand. I hear what I say, What you're saying. So what you're telling me is this. That's all you have to do. Not a big deal. You can also uh, ask thoughtful questions that may help them feel more certain either way. You know, some potential questions are what are the most, what, are, what are you most worried about? 
What are the pros and cons that they're weighing? Are there mixed emotions that are confusing them? Does the person who got pregnant, uh, got them pregnant, know that they're pregnant? Um, are, are there important uh, people they're scared to tell? You know, those are huge things that a person that's getting an abortion uh, is going through their mind. There's lots of people they're scared to tell, but they have to tell. They just they end up telling uh, many times. Sometimes they don't, and then they just live in the feelings. You know, you also, if you're going to support someone that's considering abortion, you want to offer to connect them with resources uh, if they seem scared or unsure. Uh, especially if it's a good idea if your friend is facing intense pressure to get an abortion or remain pregnant from other people. So, you know, find a mental health professional and see if they can assist and be a neutral party to them. You know, uh, there's also the Planned Parenthood. There's also the primary care doctor, your OBGYN, National Abortion Federation. All of these are ways you can get support and and get some type of help. Um Planned Parenthood offers uh, some in-house counseling also, I believe. So, you know, you want to make sure any clinics they're considering aren't crisis pregnancy centers. Crisis pregnancy centers, they're CPCs, they are family planning clinics that offer counseling and other prenatal services from, uh, from an anti-abortion position. And so these centers are often advertised as judgment-free Uh, medical facilities for women who may be considering abortion, but when in reality many of them are unlicensed, religiously affiliated organizations, while they refuse to offer information about where to obtain an abortion, there, there are reports that CPCs lie to patients about safety, accessibility, legality of abortions. So that's huge. So uh, uh, there's some red flags to look for in the clinics, abortion counseling, abortion alternatives, things like that. That's going to tell you, hey, emotional healing. uh, Those are usually red flags that it's really not an abortion center. So uh, crisis uh, pregnancy centers are typically evasive about whether they actually provide the services or the cost of services, and they encourage you to come in for a sonogram for the pregnancy test, but then once again, they surround you and bias you with their perspectives rather than help you uh, conduct what you really were coming to get, which was uh, neutral counseling and potentially an abortion. So, uh, you know, find answers for any of your question about the process. Find out what your state laws are. Uh, you know, research uh, as quickly as you can what the side effects, especially the mental side effects and the medical, have on you. Uh, the abortion stigma, the deep-rooted health, there's a lot of inequalities that make it possible for someone around the country to make their own decisions about continuing to end a pregnancy. So accurate information can help you make that decision. So it's it's best for the circumstance to have accurate information in order to process. All right, that's our show. I would love to hear from you. I want to thank everybody for listening. We have an explosive increase of audience all over the world. And uh, you can get to me through drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or our webpage on voiceamerica.com. And that's on the empowerment channel, Absurd Psychology. Now remember, people who are addicted to smoking, alcohol, and drugs have only one bucketless goal, to kick the bucket. Always be prepared. If the angel of death comes to your home, do like Halloween, come to the door with a bowl of candy. Hopefully, they like chocolate, Twizzlers, or something else in there like a cracker. Thanks for listening. 
That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 